Hey, uh, my name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to be together. It's a beautiful day. No, it isn't. It's not a beautiful day. In fact, this day, I had so much angst all week. We have this, this event we'll be talking about a lot today called Connect Sunday, which is supposed to be outside, but clearly it's not today. So we moved it inside, which it, it's, it's going to be great. It's wonderful. Record amounts of bacon have been cooked for this event, which will start, you'll start to sense the aroma of it coming in and want me to stop talking soon. And so all things are going to work towards um, our connect time uh, together. But um, our service will be a little bit different, but we will open the scriptures together. So I'm going to invite the ushers forward. If you need a Bible today, um, go ahead and let them know by raising your hand. Uh, we will open up the scriptures. It's going to be a shorter message this morning, and, um, and then I'm going to bring up three people uh, as a part of, our, of the message today to share their own testimony and story about how they've gotten connected here at our church and how God's using them in significant ways. And so after that, I'm going to invite you into the foyer in the student ministry room to learn about different ministries that we have. Does that sound good? Sound like a plan? Let's do it. Okay. Um, today is a day of really, it's, it's, it's about building community together. And I've titled this message, The Practice of One Anothering. The phrase, one another, is, um, is a phrase that occurs around a hundred times. That's right, a hundred times in the New Testament. And um, it's, uh, for us, it's a phrase, but it's a Greek word um, that, that talks about living out the gospel together and how we do that and what that looks like, how we treat each other, how we serve together, all these things. And so I wanted to step into that practice today together as a community and invite you into that. So we are going to look at uh, an amazing passage from Hebrews chapter 10. If, if uh, you turn there with me now, that would be great. Uh, Hebrews 10 verses 19 to 25. Admittedly, we are heading into the deep end of theological passages of scripture and, um, and won't be able to develop everything in this text, but I, I do believe that, that there's some things that are very specific that that God is speaking through it and he's calling our community in to this morning. And so I want to read this this morning, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is God's word. And as I mentioned, there's, there's, there's a ton of deep and profound theology, particularly in these first five verses. But I, what I'd like to do this morning is, is sum up those five verses for you this way. And, and it goes like this. Gathering together in the presence of God is only possible through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus, through the cross, brings us forgiveness. He, he cleanses us from sin. He offers new life, faith, and hope. All these things that we see in that passage are, are possible because of what Jesus has done. And he invites us to experience that personally, but also to gather corporately to celebrate that together. And so it's upon that foundation, which is really the gospel, the good news about Jesus, um, he, we are invited this morning to some specific things in Christian community, and in particular, this idea of one anothering. And so we'll spend most of our time in verses 24 and 25 this morning. Um, I want to invite you to look deeply into those verses with me. So in verse 24, it, it, it says this, the writer of Hebrews says this, he says, let us consider. He says, I want you to think about something. Language here is, it's cerebral. It's the engaging of our minds. He says, I, I need you to think about Christian community. I need you to engage your brain when you consider what this is. He says, let's consider how to stir up one another. This is an amazing, just short phrase in, the, in this verse. It starts with, I want you to think about, I want you to consider something. And then he says, how to stir up one another. Now that word stir up is, it's, um, it basically means to incite or provoke. It's the kind of word you would use to describe a riot. Think about that. We've moved from thinking to stirring up. It's basically that, that connotation. It's, it's intentional. It's active. Um, it's contagious. It's thoughtful. It's not reckless. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, I, I want you to think about how to stir up something together. Um, I was not here last week. I was in what I consider to be the greatest place in the world. I've, I've got a picture of it. Um, that is Oracle Park. That is where the San Francisco Giants win World Series, okay? Three of the last nine, I'm just saying. My wife woke me up. This is going somewhere. It wasn't just a shameless plug for baseball. But uh, my wife woke me up Friday morning. When I say morning, I mean the wee hours of the morning, 3.30 to be specific. She wakes me up. It's my birthday and, um, last week. And so she wakes me up last Friday and... Um, she says, we are going on a trip. Your bags are packed. I'm not kidding. It's, it's like dark. And I'm confused. And she was also videotaping me with her phone, which is not like, you don't want that. Nobody wants that moment, you know? And it's out there potentially like blackmail to go on the internet at some point. I'm sure it will. But she, she woke me up and she said, we, we, there, there's a plan. There's, there's um, our friends coming to babies." to babysit. We've got a ride to the airport. Your bag is packed. Get ready. We're going. And uh, so um, that trip culminated in, in us seeing a, a Giants game together. But um, when we got to the airport, she said, I want you to see something. So she shows me her phone. Uh, she opens up this app, this app called Marco Polo. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not going to explain it to you, but just use it. And, and so on this Marco Polo conversation is, is is her and six of my friends. Um, so my three best friends and, and their wives. Um, they're in this, this, this app is like 35 to 40, like dozens of little video snippets of them stirring up this trip that I knew nothing about. My wife 
It, she was the brains behind the whole thing. But my friends, you could see it. She's like, you need to watch this. And so I was watching it and seeing how people's excitement grew about this trip that we were going to do. And more plans came to be through really great opportunities that we were going to have. And you could just see on their face that this trip was, was really being stirred up and incited within them. Unbeknownst to me, this amazing thing was happening, but it was awesome to see this little community of my friends planning something for me. And, and it kind of reminds me of what the writer of Hebrews is saying there. He's saying you need to stir up, you need to incite and provoke this heartfelt and, and really mindful engagement with the people of God. Is that making sense? You need to stir this up because of what Jesus has done in your lives. But he tells them, and I want to put this verse back up on the screen, verse 24. He says, I want you to stir up one another to love and good deeds. Again, we're going to dive deep into this passage today. The word for love there is, is the word agape. The Greeks had multiple words to, um, to describe the one word that we use for love in the English language. So it's unfortunate that I would use the same word to describe my affection and commitment to the San Francisco Giants as I would for my own offspring. You know what I mean? Like, it's, that's an unfortunate thing. But, but the, the word agape which is a super important word in the New Testament scriptures. It's, there's, much has been written about it, but the word agape, I want to tell you this this morning, that word means to prefer. Seriously, it means to prefer. Agape is the kind of love that God himself prefers, but it's also the kind of love in which one person prefers the wants and needs of another over their own. So think about that. He said, this is what I want you to stir up. This is what I want you to incite and to provoke amongst each other in the community of Christ is the kind of love that prefers the other above themselves. This is a theme throughout all of the scriptures. Paul writes about this in Philippians chapter two. You don't have to turn there. I just want to read this to you. You see it on the screen. In Philippians two, verses three to four, Paul says this, he says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others, and it's that word, one another, count one another more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. If your experience of, of, of Christian community is built on your own preferences, here's the kind of thing that will happen often. You'll show up at church just hoping that your favorite preacher is preaching that day. Sorry, I'm not that one. I'm probably not. But it, or that they'll sing the, your favorite songs. If you're joining a community group, perhaps maybe you won't because you, you want to curate that so it's people who think exactly like you and dress like you and, and live nearby you and and when we build our, our Christian community on our own preferences, we miss out on what we see here in the scriptures together because we, we deny ourselves the opportunity to prefer one another. 
when we lead with our own preferences. And so the biblical vision for um, the church when it gathers, whether that's on a Sunday morning or in a community group or in the college group or, or the river or Sprouts or where, however you are gathering here at River West Church is that you would be thinking about how you can stir up the love of Christ in someone else. Now, isn't that a beautiful picture? Isn't that a, an inspiring vision of, of why we gather? And I think it's also contagious. And that's why the writer includes it here. So he says, I want you to stir up love. The, the kind of love that prefers the other, but he also says we stir up good deeds. This is a very simple phrase here, good deeds, but it, the idea is that on the basis of God's grace and his goodness, we would stir up good deeds, or some of your translations might say good works in one another. We gather to stir up good works in one another. A very wise person once said, Grace isn't opposed to effort, it is opposed to earning. So it's actually the grace of God, which we, which we see early on in this passage, that inspires and provokes good works that we would engage in together. So we, we stir up this, this love in one another, and then also we engage in the mission of Jesus together. So one anothering in the Christian community, in the community of Christ, is, is I just want to put forward to you today, is that it's a conscious and active stirring up of love and good deeds that flow out of the transformative power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of every believer. And it's contagious. And it's, it's what God is calling us into. But it's also very challenging and requires great intention and even heartfelt engagement. And, and I think that's why our passage ends this way in verse 25. I'll put that on the screen for you. It says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. I love that, that our passage ends this way because one anothering, much like learning to play the piano or to hit a golf ball straight, doesn't come natural. So it, it, it must be something that we make a habit of, something that we prioritize our lives and days around so that we can grow into, so that the love that we're stirring up would increase, not just in our gathered community, but in the greater community that we live and serve in, that we would serve one another in this place, but that those good deeds would extend out into the community that we live in. Does that make sense? That's, that's what I believe this passage is calling us into today. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to you today, whether you've been here at River West Church for two months or 25 years, to connect towards that end of stirring up love and good deeds. And so... Preachers always want to illustrate deep truths, and so one of the best ways to do that is in the lives of real people. So I'm going to invite some friends up this morning. The first one I'm going to invite is my friend Kylie. Will you welcome her this morning? Let me help you here. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, Kylie, tell me how you ended up at River West Church. I ended up here because I got a job here about a year and a half ago. Um, we reeled her in that way. Yep. <laughs> I am working here as the visual communication coordinator. And before I got the job, I really wasn't looking to switch churches. I was going to a church up in Northeast Portland, and I was hesitant to leave that because I had a great community, a bunch of friends from college there. Um, so when I first started at the church here, uh, I decided I'm just going to leave it open every Sunday. I'll just go to whichever church I want to go to. Um, didn't want to make any solid rules for myself. And after- We don't recommend that. <laughs> kidding. Um, it's a unique situation. Right, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, my heart is torn. Yeah. So I came here the first Sunday, and then every Sunday after that, I just kept wanting to come back. I just felt drawn to it. And I thought that was going to be a much more traumatic transition, but it was really a gift from the Lord that he just allowed it to be simple and natural. So you had a job here, and you began to, to come and attend on Sundays. But um, talk to me about how the church started to become your, your community, your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I immediately felt very welcomed on staff, and that helped me feel like I belonged here. But to be honest, my actual church attendance was pretty scattered for the first six months. Um, I was out of town a lot on the weekends, and I was going to different services just to see which one I liked the most. And so After six months, I decided to commit to the 5 p.m. service, and that was helpful because then I I started seeing people regularly. Um, I also joined the River, which is the women's Bible study, and that helped give me another regular um, community of women to become friends with, and I started serving in that as well, and so that was a good way to get involved. Um, But I was still feeling like I didn't have friends to sit with at church on Sundays, and that's important to me. Um, So that didn't really happen until the Young Adults group started. Yeah, so about a year ago, you and I began a conversation about starting a Young Adults community. Um, We were noticing a growing number of post-college young adults, at least I was noticing them, and um, noticing that there was people who were longing to get connected that were in that sort of 22 to 30 year um, age range and and just wanting to provide something for them and so we started that together and uh, with some other friends and uh, so tell me what that has has meant to you yeah so I will emphasize that you were noticing these people I had no idea anyone else my age was here (laughs) Um, I was convinced every time you came into my office and you were like Kylie if if we started this thing, would you be interested in being a part of it? And I just kept thinking, yeah, but who's going to come? Um, I just knew we needed to start it and show up. Yeah, so thank you for listening to that call because uh, the first night, I think about 15 people came and I was convinced there would only be three. So that amazed me and um, yeah, I think it it just took an organized group for us to find each other. So thanks yeah. again for listening to that. Yes. And, um, but also talk about what happened as, as that yes, formed, as you know, as how friendships formed. Yeah. So immediately what stood out to me was how um, interested everyone was in actually being friends, spending time outside of group together and really investing in one another's lives. Um, uh, just became obvious that people were, we're really ready to invest on on a deeper level. Um, 
And we've been talking about identity throughout the year at Young Adults Group, and for me, that genuine friendship has been a significant part of that. Um, one thing that I remember Derek mentioning is that in one of the discussions um, is that we can't be ourselves without one another because God gives us community to lean on and to encourage one another and to live life alongside one another. And I really see that in our group. It's been so evident to me. And it's been really, really amazing to see each of us growing as individuals within the group. One of, our, one of our values in our young adults community as we've, we've, as we've built this community together has been to share testimonies. So really one of the highlights of last year for me was when you shared your testimony, which I forced you to do, much like I forced you to, to be up here this morning. Um, but I'll never forget that you talked about how, how prayer shaped your identity in Christ. It was actually this, this prayerful engagement with God that helped you see yourself how, how God saw you. And I loved it. So that, that night, I, I'll remember, um, this is early on when we started the, the group, so we hadn't met that many times, and you shared, and I, and I think you said to me, I, I think we should get people together in small groups to pray. And in my mind, I was like, that might be a terrible idea. That might not go over well, which is like a bad thing for a pastor to admit, obviously. But <laughs> I didn't know I was going to go. And, um, but Kylie shared so authentically about how prayer had shaped your identity that suddenly at the end of our gathering, strangers are sharing deep prayer requests and, um, and what they're longing to see God do in their life. And so um, talk to me a little bit about just the, the power of sharing testimony in the community. Yeah, well, I think um, me sharing definitely did open up a door for other people to be vulnerable. Um, I think sharing testimony is really powerful because people, they say, oh my gosh, me too. Um, and it was really special to get to share about prayer because in the group, because then um, I think it set a precedent for each one-on-one -on -one relationship, and even within the group. But um, for me, when I've met, you know, when I've gotten together with friends one-on-one -on -one from the group, we know that we can pray together, and we know that we should pray together. And it's so neat that that is a natural part of the friendship. Um, that's a new thing for me, yeah. and that's really, really, really cool. Yeah, we do communication for our group through an, an app called GroupMe, mm -hmm. and um, I feel like we're redeeming social media in that because the, 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 the conversation is just filled with, hey, will you pray for me about this? I'm, I'm struggling with this. Will you please lift me up this week? And it's really been a neat thing to yeah. even in, in that sort of online community when we're not gathered together, people are praying with and for each other, which yeah. is very cool. Definitely. So one of the things, is the last thing I want us to talk about um, is um, one of the things that I've loved is you've stepped into our group, uh, into this community, this young adult community, and, um, and you've shared from your story, your testimony, but you've also found a, um, some opportunities to lead in. I don't know if you would call it leadership, but I would. Um, I, it's been a joy to see you grow as a leader in that. So talk to me about starting the um, small group for girls this summer. Yeah, so as I mentioned before, I did the river all year, which is the women's Bible study, and that was really helpful for me um, just in, in terms of getting into the word. And so as the river was wrapping up, uh, we, the summer study was being promoted, the women's summer study, which um, was going to be on the topic of friendship. <laughs> and I just started thinking, oh my gosh, this is the perfect thing for us to talk about. I want to start a 
summer study for, I want to lead a summer study for the young adults, uh, young adult girls. And in one-on-one -on -one conversations that I'd had with each of the girls, um, many people had mentioned to me that they were looking forward to going a little bit deeper in friendship and in faith with one another. And so um, leading a Bible study is not something I would have <laughs> probably jumped into a couple of years ago. I wouldn't have felt comfortable stepping up um, to do that, but I really just felt like God was putting it on my heart to, to initiate this, and it ended up being such a sweet way to spend the summer, and we definitely grew a lot together as friends and um, learning about friendship together, and that was really, really cool. So uh, I think what what it's been cool to see for me how, how God is um, growing my capacity and my willingness to engage in the work of his kingdom, and that is coming excuse me, coming from the, um, just this care for the community that he's put me in. And um, yeah, that's been special. It's amazing. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you. So cool. Um, I'm going to invite up some more friends, David and Kaylin Brandon. Why don't you guys come on up and bring it on in and, uh, can we welcome them too? Is that all right? <laughs> lots of clapping, lots of clapping. Um, so David and, and Kaylin have been at our, at our church for a while, and, and they're going to share about that. But I want to say that I, uh, I heard them share their story at, what, at a new thing that we're doing called Connect Nights, which is sort of a smaller version of, of Connect Sundays that we do on a regular basis now. But Connect Nights, if you're new to our church, are, um, in fact, we have one upcoming this Thursday night. It's an opportunity, if you're new, to, to, uh, to come here to the church, the community room. You, you'll meet other new folks from our church. Our Connect team is there also to, to help welcome you and you share um, some food together and hear stories about how uh, people connect here at the church. And so um, about a month ago, I, I went to Connect Night, and I don't know if I knew this but at the time, but I showed up, and you guys were sharing, and it was amazing, and I loved it. And uh, I basically told you to just show up on Sunday and do the exact same thing. And so are you willing to do that now? Why don't you talk to us about how you guys got connected here at River West? Is that on? Okay. I should have done that for you. I should have set you up to win. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, hi, so I'm Kaylin Brandon, uh, my husband David, um, and we have been at River West now for just about exactly five years. So I think maybe that was a piece of why Pastor Eric asked us to share was that he knew we had started coming to this church um, right around this time of year, right before one of these Connect Sunday events. Um, and had used that as a launching pad for us um, to find our connections. So we're happy to share just kind of what that has looked like for us over these past few years. Um, so we moved here from Seattle in the summer of 2014, and we had three little kiddos at the time. Um, we didn't knew nobody. I don't think we knew a single person. And so we knew we were going to have to be deliberate on meeting people and making friends um, we knew one of the ways we wanted to do that was through a church, and so we fortunately found River West um, fairly quickly. I think we started coming here in August of that summer, and um, so had just been here a handful of weeks when they offered one of these Connect events, and I think we both sway introvert, and I remember like being nervous to go out there, but like also feeling like 
it's probably not gonna get any easier than this. <laughs> They're like gonna spoon feed us, I think. So we walked out and it was very safe and low pressure and um, I just kind of made my way over to the women's ministry area. David found men's. I signed up for Sprouts, which is the mom of preschool age kids group, which was seemed like a great way for me to meet people. And um, David found a men's um, study that met in the morning that worked really well for his schedule. And, um, and then it was either at that a Connect event or shortly after that we signed up for the parenting class that P Pastor Mike teaches downstairs. Um, we did, that was one thing we did shortly after, I know, we started coming here and turned out to be another really great way that we met some people. Um, and then I think the only other thing we did that first year was the gospel class, um, which the church offers semi-regularly, and they were encouraging people to take it if, we, if they hadn't. And so we just kind of spent that first year receiving, um, kind of taking what the church was offering, getting to know the church, getting to know people. Um, and it was right around kind of that following summer when we'd been here for about a year that we um, felt like we wanted to step out and serve in some way. Um, that naturally landed us downstairs in um, kids' ministry because we contribute so much to the workload um, downstairs. Uh, so we, and we knew they needed help. And so I, um, I signed up to help for the evening service in um, childcare. David still helps um, morning service. I think we both helped in some capacity at VBS that summer. Um, and then it was kind of through a connection I made. Um, um, serving downstairs that I found another way to serve, um, but only after I was super blessed first. Um, I was serving one night, and the gal I was serving with was really well connected, and um, I was due to have our fourth soon, and she um, she said, well, I'm going to sign like you up for meal train so that you get meals after the baby's born. And, and I remember like pushing back on that a little bit because I was like, oh, I don't, we don't really know that many people, and I didn't like feel comfortable her like like strangers like making me meals and she insisted it was pastor eric's wife and she's full of good ideas your giants game and <laughs> uh, but she was so sweet and so she so she signed or did this for me and just sent it to people she knew and so for like six weeks i think after our baby was born i had strangers pretty much i knew just a couple but mostly just total strangers showing up at my door with these like huge generous like beautiful meals and I felt like it was, like I was experiencing this whole other like site of service that is just sort of like under the radar of people just like loving on each other and um, taking care of each other. And it really, it was really impactful to me because we just kind of really hadn't experienced something like that. And so then I remember thinking like, I'm gonna do this. I, I can do this for people. I like to cook. And um, so then I just started sort of mimicking what they had done and um, would just make meals as I heard of a need and then was able to make that a bit more formal last year when the uh, women's ministry kind of created these care teams and I signed up for one that's specific for meals. Um, the irony though being that we since had another baby and another meal train was made for me and so I'm very much in the red for making <laughs> meals. Uh, so it doesn't seem like a very good example of me serving because, but um, it, it has been a great way though for me to, um, I feel like, serve and pay back a bit. Um, um, but yeah, I think just looking back, what we um, have felt in terms of how we have built our community is some things kind of we just fell into and then other things we were deliberate on and um, we continue to use these connect events that the church does um, to kind of stay con 
like current with what the church is offering. We use it to sign our kids up for things and we continue to sign up for new um, classes or events that the church is offering. And But I think for us, it was always with the goal that um, it wasn't just for the point of having somebody to talk to on Sundays and it was always the goal of taking it out for the rest of our week and lives. And David's been really good about that piece of it. So I'll let him share on that. Uh, thanks, sweetheart. Um, <laughs> as Pastor Eric was just sharing with us, uh, each one of us is called to something much more than coming here, sitting down, smiling, and going our separate ways every Sunday morning. Um, we have been called to be active members of the body of Christ. And what that means is we have uh, the ability and the opportunity to live in a community uh, and be present and active in each other's lives Monday through Saturday. And um, fortunately for us, the church has given us a lot of opportunities to explore what that looks like. And one of the ways that we've taken advantage of has been joining a community group. And it, we were a little resistant at first, to be completely honest, just because you know we have the five kids and it's hard to find anyone who's willing to open their home to a zoo. <laughs> so uh, when we did join a community group, it, worked out pretty well because we're with a mix of other people who have kids roughly our same age um, but are in different stages of life. You know, there's kids that range from uh, early 20s all the way down to, to, you know, one and two year olds in our group. And so that's been good for us to be able to walk alongside people who are in similar straits but then are also walking a few steps ahead of us. And the commitment hasn't been too terribly strenuous. We meet every other week and it doesn't get any easier than that. Um, and the cool thing about it is when we meet, we get to get together, share a meal, we share our struggles, we share our successes, we share our prayers, and we really come together in a way that we wouldn't be able to do if we were all staying at home on Thursday night, potentially watching Thursday night football. So community group for us has been a wonderful way for our family to connect with other families and to identify more with the community as a family, but it's also been a good way for me personally to identify with other men and um, develop individual relationships. Um, but it's also not just been through community group. And there's been a number of different instances here at the church. Uh, for example, a men's retreat out on the coast uh, at Black Butte, father-daughter camp at Twin Rocks Camp, father-son adventure camp at Camp Collins. All of these uh, instances, you spend two, three days with other dads and after 20 minutes of small talk, you have to start peeling back layers. Otherwise, it gets real awkward real quick. And you know, fortunately, that's why God invented sports. But <laughs> so you, you can only talk about men's curling for so long. And so then you have to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And out of those events, I've actually had some of the best relationships that I've had in my life. And it's been really interesting because I've noticed through talking with other men we have parallels. It's either we work in the same field, we work in the same area of town, um, we have the same hobbies, same interests, kids are the same age, our kids like the same thing. There's all sorts of different parallels where you say, wow, I actually like you as a person and we don't have to keep this at an arm's length Sunday morning type of thing. And so that for me has led into, well, why don't we just get coffee? Why don't we get lunch? Why don't we figure out ways to connect? and really take this from church to community to everyday life. 
And it's been great because the Lord has really blessed me personally with a group of guys here at the church who have helped me put legs on my faith, helped me to live out my faith with integrity, not feel like I need to be compromised um, Monday through Friday in the work world. And that's really impressive. Um, and one of the things that's really been amazing for me is that there's been a number of older men who have looked at me and said, hey, I've been there and I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna take a real interest in you. And so that's been fantastic. And so all of these relationships we've had have been just amazing. We occupy different roles that God has set forth for us. And I think that by stepping into those roles, we're really fulfilling what his plan is. And the cool thing about it is everyone has a different role. You can be a mentor, mentee, brother, father, uh, husband, son, but we all have the same role, which is follower of Christ. And we're all one body. Um, but none of that happens unless you're open to uh, receiving and open to giving. And as Kaylin mentioned earlier, we're both pretty introverted. So for me, there's a pretty clear way I like to see those relationships happen. But unfortunately, things rarely happen linearly. God usually likes to throw us well outside of our comfort zones. So you have to be open to something more. You have to be open to trying something new, um, going a little bit beyond. And so in the introvert's nightmare every morning when we stand up, greet each other, um, the thing that I've really tried to do in my life is say I have to do something beyond say, hi, my name is David, and shake your hand and stare awkwardly at you until we get to sit. <laughs> I've really tried to say, okay, what's one question I can ask that's the, what's the next thing? We can peel back another layer, maybe make this a little bit less awkward, and maybe next time we can ask another question and start developing relationships. And so I generally will have two or three questions in my back pocket. Um, you'll know I'm starting to get really close to the bottom when I start asking questions about University of Oregon sports. Um, I'm a Husky, so that's... <laughs> um, at any rate, so that, that's been something that we've had to do to try and expand out of our, our comfort zone is just be very deliberate about it. But the other thing that's been very effective has been Connect Sunday. And as Kaylin said, we've gone to every Connect Sunday since we've been here. And it's a great way to see what's new in the church, how the Lord is moving people, um, how we can be fed, and how we can step into a new role and feed others. And so I'm going to hand this off to Eric, but I would just hope that before you go home today, you would take the opportunity to go and see how you could bless and be blessed and also get bacon. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better than I could have said it myself, right? So good. Um, you know, those themes of, of, uh, that come from this concept of one anothering, I, 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 I trust you heard it in, in the testimonies of, of the lives that, that shared uh, today, and you're invited into that same kind of experience. It'll be different for each person, but stepping further out into this, this community that, that God is building here is really what we want to call you to today. And so what, what's going to happen is, is often when we end, if this is your first Sunday, this isn't a normal Sunday, I'll just say that, but often at the end of, the, of, the, of our preaching time, we'd have uh, a time of singing and communion and prayer. We, we have just a huge value for those things, but we are not doing that today. What we are doing is inviting you to respond to what you've heard. So even, even Connect Sunday 
is we believe it's, it's an act of worship in that way, that responding to what God's doing here. And so in just a couple minutes, I'm going to dismiss you um, into the foyer and or student ministry room. I'll tell you a little bit about the opportunities that are available in each of those spaces, but I want to say something to you parents real quick. Your kids are in the middle of the kids' ministry program. If you go downstairs right now, you're interrupting their teachers who have put great effort into serving your kids. Do you know what I'm saying here? Like, so don't go there immediately. Wait until 10.30, and uh, we'll ring a bell then. It might might be a cowbell. Classically, it's been a cowbell. But um, we really value this time. And so uh, there's food in the foyer and in the student ministry room. There's coffee. We, we view these, these Sundays as kind of a homecoming because you're vacationing. All, none of you come to church in the summer. Don't act like that's not true. And uh, <laughs> I immediately regretted. So, like, I, I tried to stop myself, and I can't. So we're back together in community, and it's an amazing thing. Uh, and we want you to, to head out into the foyer and student ministry room to, to, to see some of these options. Thank you for putting that slide on to get me back on track. Okay, in the foyer, you can learn about uh, kids and family ministries, student ministries, women and men. Those, those categories are represented out in the foyer right there. In the student ministry room down the hall to the right, you'll, you'll learn about classes and community groups. We have brand new community groups that are opening up this fall, and we have existing community groups that are welcoming more people in. Uh, different ministries from our church are represented there, and, and there's also a, a section called Serve Our Church. Now, Connect Sunday. Seriously, the best way to connect here at our church is to serve. The stories of people who 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 um, who move towards greater sense of, of family and community it almost always includes I. I I stepped out and served in some specific ways. And so when you go and meet our kids' uh, ministry team or our student ministry team, it's not just to shake their hand, but also potentially to join them in what God's doing and in serving here at our church. And so uh, the truth is with community groups is we need more leaders. And so we are never not recruiting. And so that's happening even today. If you're interested in leading a community group, you can learn about that in the student ministry room as well. But we want to just give you some time and space to engage in what God's doing. And next week, when when you come here and gather, we're going to launch back into our series in the Gospel of Luke, which we will be in until Jesus returns, perhaps. But we'll be be in that. We'll worship and and receive communion and have time for, for prayer, all those things. But today, we really want to invite you to engage in some different ways. Sound good? All right, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for the family that you're building here. We are so grateful that we can join in that. I pray that each person here um, would engage in some unique ways today. Perhaps even for some of us, our, our, our aim for this time would be to help someone else get connected, um, to meet somebody who's new, to introduce them to uh, a ministry or opportunity that could, could help them take the next step. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, our, our worship um, together in community would, would lift up the name of Jesus. That's what, we're, um, that's what we're here for. We're part of his community, and so we're, we thank you for that today, and we love you, Lord. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.